0: Controversy always surrounds the death penalty in this country, especially among the justices on the Supreme Court who have to rule on the life and death issues. But rarely is that controversy on the court as public as it was this week. The justices were still litigating a death penalty case from February in their opinions. Joining me is Stephen Vladek, a professor at the University of Texas School of Law. Steve, we often see friction among the justices when there are last minute stay requests or questions about the method of execution. Are these latest death penalty cases any different?
1: No, June, I think they're a little bit different in one important respect, which is that we no longer have Justice Kennedy. And so I don't think that the views have changed. I don't think that the ideologies have changed. I think it's just that the the moderating influence that for so long had kept both wings of the court in check in these capital cases is now gone. And I think we've seen that over the last six weeks in the Alabama case, in the Texas case, and then in the Missouri case.
0: You wrote a column entitled, It's Neil Gorsuch's Supreme Court Now, Not Anthony Kennedy's. I would have thought it was John Roberts because he is the swing vote in several cases right now. Why do you think it's Neil Gorsuch?
1: Yeah, I didn't pick the title. (laughs) (laughs) So the gist of the column was actually less about Justice Gorsuch um, and more about how in Bucklew, when the court you know, rejected this challenge by this Missouri inmate to a lethal injection protocol that could potentially torture him, um, that this is really what the court's going to look like without Kennedy, not necessarily because of the result, but because you had a majority opinion that basically paid no never mind to the evolving standards of decency test that the Supreme Court had you know for decades relied upon the FNM in context, and you had all of this sniping over the last-minute maneuverings in the Alabama case from February, that June, and I have a hard time thinking Justice Kennedy would have abided, that we're seeing, you know, rancor and division from behind the scenes showing up in published opinions. That's pretty unusual.
0: I find it very difficult to read these opinions dealing with graphic descriptions of the methods of execution and clinical analysis of the levels of pain. Is that really the best way for the justices to decide these issues?
1: I'm sure that, like if we had it to do over again, the answer would be no, but this is the you know the doctrinal web that we've weaved um is one in which the death penalty is litigated in this awkward often eleventh hour measure where we're talking about exactly what the reactions are to certain drug cocktails, where we're talking about what alternative methods are reasonably available. I don't think anyone you know, thinks this is the ideal way to approach the subject, but so, so long as the Supreme Court has a jurisprudence in which the death penalty is substantively permissible but depends upon you know, rigid doctrines of procedural fairness, I think this is what we're in for.
0: What was the reason given for allowing an execution to go forward when a Muslim inmate wanted an imam at his side in the execution chamber, but stopping an execution when a Buddhist wanted his spiritual advisor at his side?
1: In Dunn versus Ray, the Alabama case, the Supreme Court didn't actually tell us their theory. We just had a one-sentence order from the justices listing a stay entered by the federal appeals court in Atlanta. What we now, I think, could take away from that decision, because of the sniping the justices did with each other, is that the majority of the justices, the five justices who voted to lift the stay, thought that Dunn had brought his claim too late, that he had waited until too close to his execution date to actually raise the challenge. You know, June, there's a really powerful story told by the 11th Circuit in that case about why that wasn't true. Justice Kagan and her dissent in Dunn versus Ray recount some of this. And we see some of this in, you know, both the majority opinion in Bucklew and footnote five and in Justice Sotomayor's dissent in Bucklew, where the court is fighting over like how much we're supposed to blame death row inmates When it's not clear to them what the state execution protocol is, some states don't even publish their execution procedures, sometimes you don't find out until two or three days before the scheduled execution. You know, I think we can all agree, June, this is no way to run this particular crucially important process. The problem is is that, you know, I think there's no agreement on what the alternatives are.
0: In the latest case where a Missouri inmate claimed his execution would constitute cruel and unusual punishment because of a medical condition he had, Neil Katyal, the former acting solicitor general under Obama, said in a 100 years, law students will read this decision in the same category as notorious Supreme Court decisions like Korematsu and Dred Scott. Do you think that's the case?
1: Um, I think it's possible, June. I mean, I think, you know, it's hard to know where we 're going to be as a society in a hundred years when it comes to the death penalty. I think there's no question that you know the death penalty is one of those things that gets everybody 's dander up, whether on you know in favor of or against and I do think that there's reason to be really worried about a decision in a case where, you know, there's a pretty substantial risk that this inmate, you know, Russell Bucklew, um, who no one is saying he didn't commit his crimes and no one is saying he shouldn't be punished, might very well end up suffer, you know, an excruciating death by choking on his blood. If we're going to have a death penalty that has to comport with the Constitution, presumably we have to take that seriously. Otherwise, we might as well just, you know, bring back the firing squad. And I think that's the mess that these cases are raising. And that's what the, the justices are all fighting over. And June, to go back to you know the piece I wrote for Politico, this is where I think we really are seeing and feeling the absence of Justice Kennedy, the one justice who I think was both thoroughly committed to the death penalty, but also to ensuring that there were no constitutional infirmities arising from its administration.
0: What I found really interesting in your article was that you explained how the other justices needed his analytical support in order to form a majority explain what goes on behind the scenes and how his presence affected that
1: yeah i mean you know there's always two different votes when you have a a big supreme court case there's the the question of what the mandate should be so are we reversing the decision below are we affirming are we vacating and then there's the rationale and even when justice kennedy was on the same side as either the conservative bloc or the liberal bloc, it was often for less aggressive reasons. That is to say, like, he would often insist upon a rationale that was closer to his views than perhaps to either Justice Thomas or Justice Kagan. Sometimes, you know, he couldn't pull that off, and so we would have these fractured opinions where you'd get a for justice plurality and a Kennedy concurrence. But in the death penalty context, I think we saw a lot of cases where we had relatively narrow opinions That were narrow entirely because either Kennedy wrote them or Kennedy joined them.
0: Do you expect to see the court moving more to the right on death penalty issues in the future?
1: I think you know Russell Buckley is a harbinger of that. I, I think one of the places where there's a real difference between you know Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Kennedy is the death penalty. Not because, as I said, Justice Kennedy was ever opposed to the death penalty, but you know Kennedy, I think, was far more circumspect about these cases than it certainly appears Justice Kavanaugh is going to be. And I think that's going to have implications far beyond you know, the specific dispute we saw over methods of execution. I think it's going to have major implications for you know, other aspects of the death penalty going forward as well.
0: Thank you so much, Steve, for your insights. That's Stephen Vladek. He's a professor at the University of Texas School of Law. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and on bloomberg.com/podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.